Welcome to Who's to Blame, the podcast, episode 356, brought to you by The Weed Squad. Go to theweedsquad.com for more information. They have a location for you to stop by this holiday season at 8088 Watson Road. Feel free to follow them on social media as well. You got NextCore. I'll go to thenextcore.com to find out about the greatest, coolest co-working space in South City. So go to thenextcore.com. If you want to follow the show on social media, we have a page, Who's to Blame on Facebook, Instagram, Who's to Blame the Podcast, as well as on Twitter, at W2B Dre Montez. Wherever you listen to your podcast at, feel free to just type in Who's to Blame to get caught up on the latest episode of Who's to Blame the Podcast, a podcast giving you sports and entertainment from the mind of Dre Montez here, your host. And before we get started about today's show and discussion to the world of sports, a few things that I've noticed over the few years, I guess, over the past few years, I'm going to go five years. As a huge sports fan, as a former Navy man, I've been taking notice to some things. One of them being how big televisions are now when you go out, whether it's at a hotel, whether it's at the dentist's office, whether it's at the eye doctor or a restaurant. TVs are huge that are outside of your home. And for those that do have large televisions, you can relate to this. But I've also noticed something else. It has been a little over a year, which well, almost a year that I'm coming up on where I've been diagnosed with a condition called LHON, which stands for Lieber's Hereditary Optical Neuropathy. I am legally blind, and it is very challenging in the evening time. That's why I don't go out too much in the evening time alone. But going out to eat has really been one of the most challenging ordeals out there outside of a buffet, which is a nightmare itself. You can't read anything, nothing is legible at all. But thank you to the VA for giving me instruments that I've received lately to help me identify certain things. But recently, I've went out and noticed that the lighting in restaurants and bars has gotten to a point where no one can see a damn thing. No one can see a thing. You can't see the decor of the place. You can't read the signs on where to go. And I'm wondering, for my folks out there that are going through low vision problems or legally blind, the only options that we have right now, and as a guy that used to be in the service industry for more than 15 years, there is... Chairs available and seating available for kids when you go to a bar or restaurant. They will help you out. If you have trouble getting around, they try to accommodate you by putting you closer to the stairs to help you out. But they have different things to help you out to make your night going out a little bit more enjoyable and easy for you and the parties that are involved. But outside of the Braille menus... I want to get on a push here in a campaign and talk to all the bars and restaurants that I know of, especially the ones that do advertising here on the show, about getting large print menus. I'm not saying order 30 to 50 large print menus, but I think if you have one or two large print menus, that would help out folks that have low vision 
issues. Again, I'm not telling you to go out and buy 50 brand new large print menus. Just take one of your current menus and get it large print. Just get a large print menu. It would be so much more easier, even if on your website, you can say, hey, download our free large print menus for your own upkeep and pleasure at home. So that way, instead of going to the website and trying to figure out what they have that you can read in the comfort of your home without being embarrassed of trying to put the menu all up in your eyesight, now it can make the going out pleasure a little bit more enjoyable. Just something I've been taking notice on here since I've been diagnosed with this condition, but low vision menus are definitely, definitely needed out there. They definitely are. Like I said, I'm going to reach out to my sponsors on the show in downtown St. Louis, Game 6 Honky Tonk, and the historic district of Soulard. We're going to reach out to Great Grizzly Bear, the Wood Shack, Hammerstones, Ninth Street Deli at Howard's. We're going to reach out to those guys. And over here on the Belleville side, we're going to reach out to Rogers Place, Tavern on Main, Margarita's on Main, Seven Bar and Seven Sushi Bar, and the Office Lounge. We're going to reach out to all those guys and make sure they can get us some large print menus that are available for people that go through the low vision issues right there. You can also email the show at moredremontez at gmail.com. I even noticed that my comic book stores at Cosmic Comics down at 132 West Main, they offer large print comics as well as Bigfoot comics. They offer large print classic comics as well. And Bigfoot is over at 101 East B Street. Don't forget to mention who's to blame either at Cosmic Comics or Bigfoot Comics for your free gift or discount offer. There you go right there. But I'm going to reach out to a little bit more of the restaurants and bars that I frequently visit or I think would do well if they offered that. Just just another amenity or a recommendation and offer to hand out to people since I've been going through this issue here. And something else I've noticed in the restaurant industry, on this way back Wednesday, what it do Wednesday, who's to blame Wednesday, something has kind of shifted a little bit. How important you used to feel when you had the title bartender? When you were the bartender back in the day, it was a different type of feeling, atmosphere, and responsibility. Now, I'm not saying I want to go back to those times, but I think enough training, tools, and just common sense have evolved since the 1990s. But here's something I'm noticing about today's bartender, and those of you know who you are. I'm not talking corporate. By itself, I'm not talking mom and pop by themselves. I'm talking as a whole unit. I've noticed this. You have some that take great pride in being a bartender. Great pride in satisfying the guest needs, anticipating the guest needs, and just making your time or visit or stay an enjoyable time had by all. From the patron to the bartender. And it seems now the bartenders are needing a little bit more. Like they want us to know that the name of the bar out front should be their name. They want us to know that the reason this place is open and successful is because of the bartender. That's what I'm getting the sense of. What is lacking nowadays, 
I actually witnessed with my own eyes a bartender making a margarita with apple juice. Did I miss the memo? Did I miss the memo? Did I miss the memo on making not a upsell margarita, just a traditional margarita? And she had to read it out of a book. Back in the day, there's no way in the hell she would still be employed. There's no way possible. You wouldn't have another shift behind the bar if we caught you looking up a recipe for a simple drink such as a margarita. No way possible in 2019, 2020. You are qualified to be a bartender if those actions right there happen at all. So what happened? Please explain to me what happened to the the bartender being the cream of the crop, being the person that knew how things ran, the professionalism to making a drink, to pouring a damn beer, suggestively selling, and being in proper uniform. You know what the proper uniform is today, kids? A cell phone. A cell phone. All bartenders are texting tweeting, Instagramming, or something. What happened to the protocol? The worst time to go to a restaurant or bar, especially corporate, is between two and four. I don't care what you say. Between two and four. The worst service you're ever going to get to known to man, ever. And now, that has now changed. Now, everyone is there, but they're not looking at you. They're looking at their damn phone. What happened? I want to know what happened. I think people would enjoy it an evening a little bit more out if they felt as though they were inside the damn place, inside of the place, really. And for my non-smokers that go out to eat at corporate or non-corporate, I feel for you. We don't get the respect we deserve. There's no one that's non-smoking that works in the industry to take care of the non-smoking guests because more than likely, the bartender is outside on her cigarette break or his cigarette break. Just trust me. Just want to get that off the chest here on this What It Do Wednesday, Who's to Blame Wednesday. On a more happier note, I know men and women, especially women, are always telling each other about some great deal that they saw. Women always do this for each other. Girl, I can tell you where to get these shoes at. Let me tell you about this handbag. Girl, let me tell you who got the best dress you can get for the price you want to pay for. So as men, I think we need to share a little bit of information, too. At 49 years old, I I feel very comfortable in having this conversation. I say a little over a year ago, less than a year ago, probably, I switched up my underwear game. Now, I've been through it. You know, I've been from the tidy whities from the super-roos or under-roos as a kid going into tidy whities you know, trying to test out the boxers. You know, I even dabbled along with, I guess, bikini cut. I kind of, you know, wore a thong one time. And then for about four years, I went, you know, no underwear. I went straight commando for a while, straight commando with this thing. Let's get it in, get it over with. But since then, I've been on the search for finding that underwear that feels makes me feel like a man. Gentlemen, I think I found it. You may want to gather around. Walmart has the underwear for you. These things fit like biker shorts back in the day, but have room and flexibility in them. And man, these are probably the best fitting underwear I've had some time. Feels good on your butt and not too much pressure on your package area. You may know what I'm talking about, but check it out right there for the holiday season. Write that down for Santa to get you the underwear that you want.
as well. Get the underwear that you want right there. <laughs> well, Monday night football did not let us down, did it at all? I think we had everything we wanted. Drama, suspense. You know, it was it was a little bit of fantasy. It was a little bit, I can't believe this is happening. I got a hashtag Marcus Golden, former Mizzou standout, former Arizona Cardinal, now New York football giant. He's in the family. That's right. That's my little brother's cousin right there. But Marcus Golden showed out hashtag number 44, did his thing for the New York football giants. But let's face it, the Giants as a whole as a unit from the front office all the way down to the equipment guy is in trouble. I don't know how football players that wear those colors and don that logo feel comfortable going out in the public. I'm ashamed of that football team. I'm not a New York football giant fan at, at all, but I'm a football fan. And the way that Eli has been treated is totally disrespectful. Did he bring this on himself? Hell no. Hell no. The man beat T12 twice. You know, he's like David Freeze of the NFL. The man can do no wrong in New York, can do no wrong in New York, and they treat him like he's a boo. Where would you be without Eli, New York football giants? Where would you be? Think about that for a minute, kids. Think about that. But nonetheless, on the other side of the ball, you had Wensylvania and Carson Wentz with the Felicity hairstyle, the way the game started out, the way it was looking to be. It looked like Doug Peterson was going to get fired right after the game if they would have lost this game to the New York football giants. But somebody forgot to tell Boston Scott not to play hard. Boston Scott was balling for Philly. Fly, Eagle, fly. As one of the Man Cave members, June, he's the only Eagle fan I know. So this now means this Eagles-Cowboy game is going to be a must-see had by all that are Cowboy and Eagle fans. I guarantee you that. I'm going to follow the YouTube I'm going to follow all social media posts while that game is being played because somebody going to throw some hot coffee on somebody, no matter the outcome of that game, when we get to that. But the Eagles, I'm not feeling like you really want to go to the playoffs based on what I saw Monday night. Game preparation, momentum of the game, who are you looking to for help, who's doing the play calling, exactly how much leeway does Carson Wentzylvania have on the offensive line when it calls when it comes to calling an audible? Because some of the plays on third down and second down will look questionable to me. So who's doing the homework? The guy upstairs, the guy on the sideline, or is the quarterback in charge? Let me know. I'm not seeing the same, I guess, tenacity that I'm looking for, that grit, that boldness and cockiness that I know what I'm doing from the Philadelphia Eagles from the offensive side that I've seen the past two years. I'm not seeing it this year. Well, something's off. Like other teams throughout the NFL and sports, someone will let it slip in the locker room and exactly what is going on. Someone is going to let us know. It, it really is. And with the weather being the way it was on Monday night, it is 2019. Technology is through the damn roof. You can do anything nowadays. If, if you can't, somebody's going to try it. 
You're trying to tell me that no one throughout the NFL, no one in the tennis shoe company, no one in the fashion company, no molder out there, nobody can figure out how to make the cleat better in crazy inclement weather when it's a torrential downpour, whether it's snow on the ground or rain. Why is the professional athlete shoe so damn horrible? They should be on point and be targeting the crowd as well as the next round of future athletes about how good their shoe is in inclement weather. But no, we're seeing guys bust their ass and wondering what's wrong. I'm not liking what I'm here. The grounds crew can't be that damn bad. They act like this the field a couple of years ago from the Hall of Fame game that did not get played. We all remember that. Put that in the 100th anniversary birthday card, NFL. How about that? <laughs> so Monday is just still going to make it just a little bit more interesting by the Eagles winning the game. Now, what does this mean for Eli Say it ain't so Manning? As we heard, Eli does not see coaching in his future. Where do you see Eli going? I can't see Eli going to the booth. Because they're going to try to put him and a cowboy together, and it's going to be a damn fight. Because I think these guys still don't like each other way after they're done playing football. Way after they're done, they still have animosity toward their rival opponent. Once the cleats come off, the lights go off, and there's, there is no fifth quarter. I'm talking NFL, though. I'm talking at the NFL for sure. They're definitely on one, and we're going to find out more and more on this crazy situation throughout the NFC East as we're approaching week 15. We shall see. We definitely shall see with answers and questions being in the air right now with the Baltimore Ravens and remarkable Jackson going against the New York J-E-T-S Jets, 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 T-N-F, baby. You already got the division, but you want to keep that one seed. Got a little thigh bruise we're going on here that we heard last week. So how would you play this if you're the Baltimore football Ravens? I myself am telling RG3 right now, you're playing the entire second half. You're playing the entire second half, no matter what the situation is. You're playing the second half. That's all we're going to say about this. Boom, let's get you ready and some reps ready. Matter of fact, until the regular season is over, with RG3 is playing the entire second half the rest of the season. Hmm? How about that? Talk about load management. Let's bring that to football. Let's see what the writers think about that. I like it. Let's make Mark Ingram a little stronger. Let's focus on utilizing RG3 a little bit more, implementing some plays for him to be inserted in, having this guy ready, knowing what to look at for his defensive schemes that are going to be coming that way with him going in the game in the second half. Trust me, this would work. This would work. You're giving him a little bit more rest. He's going to be sitting from halftime Thursday until next week. That's beautiful rest he's getting. That's R and R at its finest right there. And what do the Jets have to lose? Hashtag nothing. They have nothing to lose. So it's going to be all low extremity hits on Lamarkable Jackson. Watch the tape very, very slowly. And I think this could be a weekend, starting with tomorrow night's football game, to really put our eyes and microscope on the NFL referees even more. Let's see if they can capitalize starting with Thursday. Starting with Thursday, 
Let's go on to next Monday and let's come back to this a week from the day and see. Because I give them an F and a D the past two weeks, the NFL officiate. So I'm going to give them a little help and a little boost and some suggestions out there on how to get this thing right. I'm not expecting perfection, but damn it. Come on, guys. You're much better than this. You're much better than this. Talking about being better. Can you be better if you score 100 points in a game? Can you score 100 points in a game if you play basketball? I'm talking guys at Tandy Gym and a Y. With a timer on, can you score 38 points playing ball with four other people? Can you do it? Well, it's been done. N-A-I-A. Here are the statistics. 34-62, 12 of 33 from three-point range, 20 of 27 from the free throw line, all done in 38 minutes, along with nine rebounds, five steals, two blocks, and one assist. I think those are my averages when I played crate basketball down in the projects. <laughs> I really do believe that right there was my average playing crate basketball right there definitely was great basketball ladies and gentlemen. right there, that is right there great basketball all right we got to talk about this thing here too as well before it gets out of hand cheating in sports guys cheating in sports i used to hear this all the time when i played competitive softball if you're not cheating you're not trying to win from using illegal balls to illegal bats you're not cheating you're not trying to win now, over your four major sports, I do believe that hockey and the NBA is the hardest to cheat at. I think baseball is pretty easy. If you don't believe me, talk to the Houston Astros. I think NASCAR is pretty easy to manipulate fabrication and aerodynamics. is pretty convincing. And plus, throughout Major League Baseball, information is valuable to the other side if utilized the right way. But as I said, I think hockey and NBA is pretty hard to cheat in because we've seen guys get caught and busted for using a stick that was illegal. Okay, that's pretty much easy to spot. In the NBA, you're going to need the refs on your side as well to pull this thing off. But I can't see you actually manipulating the game while it's being played and you have an advantage that we don't know about when it comes to those two sports. But the biggest problem I think we have is the NFL. As the New England football Patriots have been in the news again with speculation and allegations that they've done it again in videotaping for a web series, the Cincinnati Red, Cincinnati Bengals game against the Cleveland Browns last week. And with the Patriots' next game against the Bengals, what is the NFL going to do about this? What could they possibly do about this? Well, you've taken draft picks away from the Patriots. You find them $250,000. You find them $500,000. You suspended Tom Brady before, but they still have six Super Bowls. They're still winning, still competing. So if you know what's going to come and what is expected of the Patriots, why don't you do something about it opposing teams and beat them? Beat them. I think right now you may have the Jedi mind trick going on with the Patriots. If I'm a receiver for the Patriots, yes, I'm believing what the media is saying. I'm a no-name receiver. I can't catch. I can't run a route. I'm making Tom Brady look bad, and I'm not good enough to play on his offense. 
if I'm a receiver for the Patriots, that's what I'm listening to. That's what I'm hearing. And that's what I'm going to use as my stepping stone to push this team the rest of the season. What does it take for a receiver who hasn't, who does not have a name, quote unquote, meaning we don't know his damn name in the house or in the man cave. We don't know who the hell this dude is. We Googling too, just like the announcers. How can this guy become more relevant as the game goes on? Dive over the middle, take a big hit, make a small catch, turn into a big play, burst of speed. What will it take beyond the norm to get that away and out of the announcer's mouth? And they say, well, T12, her Tom Brady is playing with a pretty much no-name receiving core. And then we always want to play the game. What if Odell Beckham was with T12? I'm not playing that damn game. You think every time I played ball, I had the greatest team out there with me? Hell no. Hell no. Not everybody is gifted with that type of talent to be dealt with. Because now you got to step up to the table. You got to play along with the talent. And with hashtag OLD kicking in, Brady is going to have to utilize some certain special skills he may have set aside. Yeah, what old Taken right there on you. What old Liam Nelson right there. Liam Neeson. Get it in right there. But I want to see where this goes. Let's see where this thing goes here with the speculation and thought process that there's something a little bit more to the no-name receiver. As we know, the season is winding down. We're going to see a lot of guys in the practice squad moved up, a lot of guys coming back from early season injuries that we totally forgot about that could probably kick in and help out. And let's not forget who's still out there for us receivers that no one even thought about on adding to the Patriots roster. There's some other receivers out there, but do you want to deal with those issues? Hashtag Des Bryant. Do you want that mess in your locker room? I think not. I think they have learned their damn lesson. Speaking of learning your lesson, over this holiday time here, I want you guys to reach out to the people that can probably possibly help you out, whether it's for catering, a holiday party, or maybe you want to step outside the norm for this holiday season and do something special around the house. You can reach out to R&R Services, 618-257-8644, roofing, siding, and room additions. Use the promo, who's to blame. And right now, for the holiday time, if you get some roofing work done with value of $2,500, free gutters for you right there. That's what we're going to do. Any car trouble, you can reach out to A Always Towing. Flats, lockouts, whatever it may be, and a triple A approved. A always towing 314 729 9992. Blues in town over the holiday break. You can reach out to Ballpark Shuttle STL 314 722 6088. Well, wow, what a rundown of the show we had. What a rundown. I'm going to get my uh, Toy Story on today again. Love me some Woody back in the day. <laughs> and here's something else I want you to check out over the holiday time right here. Next time you watch Love Actually, get this to your head and figure it out. All I want for Christmas that Mariah Carey sings, Mariah Carey. The movie, that little girl is actually singing the song because the budget for the movie they didn't have it to buy that song by Mariah Carey. So this little girl is actually singing the movie. That's why I love the movie Love 
actually. Don't forget to go out and see Santa kids and tell them Trey Montez sent you. Oh, it's been fun as we're getting close and close to Santa time. Thank you again, guys, and thank you to the sponsors. Enjoy the show. And again, thank you for listening to Who's to Blame, the podcast, episode 356. Meli Kalikimaka and a Mahaki Hikioka.